Good morning, good morning. I mean, enjoyed that worship service just as much as I did, I tell you. Ooh, go God, right? <clears throat> Yay, God. That's all I know to say after stuff like that. And just, uh, just so thankful to the Lord. Uh, even as I sat there this morning, I felt like that uh, I was just a, uh, that's why I left my iPad down there because it ain't going to do no good to bring it because I'm not preaching that. <clears throat> but I did feel like while we were worshiping, man, God's heart is so much for you guys, for his people, for his sheep. Uh, and I just, uh, a scripture just came to my heart, so that's what I'm going with. Uh, if you have your Bible in Luke chapter 13, verse 10, Luke 13, verse 10. And I did feel such a, just a, a desire of God to just bless his people, just to set you free. He always has that. He always has that. Um, in verse 10, it says, and it's talking, of course, about Jesus. That he was teaching in one of the synagogues uh, on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. And she was uh, bent over, and notice this, and could in no way uh, raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, isn't that good words? Can I tell you that Jesus sees you? He called to her, he called her to him, and he said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. That's the heart of God right there. And he laid his hands on her. It's kind of unusual for Jesus to do it that way. But he always done it differently. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Can you imagine such religious arrogance? <clears throat> The Lord then answered and said, notice how Jesus handles it. You see the word with an exclamation point. Jesus yelled out, hypocrite. That was a good service that day, wasn't it? Jesus just yelled, hypocrite, when that man got through saying that. He says, does not each of you on the Sabbath loose his or, or uh, ox or donkey from the stall, lead it away to water? So on not, look at this, so ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan, notice Jesus identifies where the root of it is, whom Satan has bound. Think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. This is Jesus' heart. He said, ought not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, should she not be loosed from her infirmity. Amen? You can be seated. I about blowed my voice out a while ago, shouting. You know what? I was so glad that uh, Demisha circled back around on that. Because uh, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what God was doing with everybody don't care you know I don't care that I got to know I, I care but I don't care that I have to know I don't have to know I don't even know what he's doing for me but when I saw him come up there one time and I saw those words you know to shout walls come down I felt that I should have hollered real loud and just done what it said just shouted and I missed it I missed the exit you ever done that I missed the exit missed the off ramp because I'm too worried about what you think. If I go to hollering loud up here. I didn't want to scare my granddaughter. She's standing right by me. And Demisha circled around this time. And I said, okay, I'm coming now. I'm waiting for the word. <clears throat> That's all I'm waiting on. And just sometimes, you know, we don't earn anything with God. But it's just an act of faith. And let me tell you what faith is. Faith, I used to be so confused about faith. 
you know, a lot of Christians, you guys, you want more faith. You said, if I just had more faith in my life, you got to knock all that off. The Bible says God has given to every man. That includes woe mans too. Okay? The. The. Not some. Not according to your works. Not according to how much Bible you read, how much you. He gives to every man the measure of faith. Paul said, the faith that I have, the faith that I live by, the faith that I now have is not mine, but Christ's faith. The faith that I live by. You, you, your problem is not that you don't have enough faith. You have all the faith you need to do what God has called you to do. And let me tell you what faith is. Faith is not some, you hear people talk about it. It could be right in, in the sense of what they mean, but sometimes they'll say, you know, faith is the currency of heaven, you know. And, but if you, if you think that, you think of it like money in the bank, and, you, you know, you can't buy that because you don't have enough money. Faith is not that. Faith is simply us responding with belief to what God has already freely provided. Faith ain't earning us anything. <clears throat> and I was thinking when that when God just I just felt like I felt like that was His heart this morning. Is all not what whatever your infirmity is, what whatever whatever it is, you you got to understand that that Jesus saw her. He saw her. She, she didn't come up and say, can I, you know, this was just one of those cases where Jesus saw her and, and he, he spoke to that because he said it was a spirit of infirmity. Infirmity can mean physical sickness or it can just, the word infirmity can, infirmity can mean weakness. Uh, the Bible says we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched by the feelings of of our weaknesses, our sicknesses, our infirmities. But religion has taught us, has tried to teach us all, most of us in here, that somehow God's got a purpose behind it. If you, if you read behind some of these guys, John MacArthur, I mean, all, I mean, you get a hold of their Bibles, their commentaries, I mean, God's behind everything that happens, and he's just trying to teach you something. He's the one that sent the sickness, he sent the disease, he sent the problem. He sent the difficulty. He's trying to tell. None of that's true. None of that's true. You, 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 uh, God's heart is just like for you. It's just like it is for this woman. And that's God's kingdom. Oh, not this woman. And then he says, who is a daughter of Abraham. And what he was saying by that, it, it was her covenant right to be healed. He said, whom Satan has bound these 18 years. Some of you right here, you've had stuff 18 years. Some maybe longer than that. God's heart to you is that you be loosed from whatever your weakness or your infirmity is. Whatever that is. I don't care. You fill in the blank. This, this is God's heart for you today. We don't do anything else. I'm telling you, this is God's heart for you. And those words to that woman, woman, and that's for men too. You are loosed from your infirmity. That's always God's heart. You, you don't deserve anything. I don't deserve anything. That's why it's called grace. It's called grace because it's undeserved. It's unmerited by our performance or anything that we've done. Jesus says the root of this is, the, is Satan. He's behind it. And listen to you. Can I tell you that that's where all sickness, all disease, all that comes from? It, that, it, it, the infirmity is from Satan. It, there, there's no question. That's, and you've got to understand that. God ain't sending anything to you trying to teach you something. God sent his Holy Spirit to teach you. He don't send cancer to teach you. Right? <clears throat> the woman with the issue of blood. Twelve years. It never entered her mind that God wanted her to stay sick. It never entered her mind that just, just to shut up, stay home, be done with it, and just enjoy it, and get to God's strength. Never entered her mind. She said, I'm sick of this. If I can just but touch the hem of his garment, I know. She didn't say, I believe. She said, I know I'll be made whole. And she left her home where religion said she must stay. She, she, a woman with the issue of blood, 
anything, it was uh, a, a bleeding that anything she touched was ceremonially unclean. She broke the religious standard, came to Jesus. Jesus did not have her, listen to me, on his daytimer that day for healing. When Jesus walked the earth, he did not know everything. He didn't know everything, because if he did, then we can't, we can't say he's our example, because you don't know everything. Jesus was not God pretending to be a man. Jesus was a real man who, who relied upon the Holy Spirit, just like is now in us if we've been born again. Uh, Jesus was God. He was always God, but he didn't avail himself of his divinity in what he did on the earth. Every miracle he did, everything he did, he did not as God, he did as man, full of the Holy Spirit. I've told you this stuff over and over, but you've got to get this. If you don't have that baseline, paradigm for thinking, you, you, you're never going to tempt anything for God. Because you're going to say, well, that was Jesus, or Jesus knew everything. He did not know. He, this woman touched him. He had no idea. She, he didn't know that was supposed to happen. And he stopped and said, who touched me? He's not playing games. He's not a liar. He's not messing with people's heads. The reason he said, who touched me, is because he didn't know. And the disciples were amazed at the question and said, you asking who touched you? Everybody's touched you. We're being thronged by the crowds. Everybody's touched you. Jesus said, no, I felt, I felt virtue, which is power, another word for power. He said, I felt something go out of me. In other words, I felt somebody make a draw on the account. I felt somebody touch me with faith in my goodness. And, 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 and so the woman's thinking she's in really big trouble. And she's thinking he's going to know who it is anyway. Eventually here, she confesses, it was me, Lord. He tells this woman, woman, go your way, your faith, your faith, your faith, faith with what? Faith in him. She said, I know if I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. I will never forget, and I've told you this story before. How many, how many don't get sick of my stories? I'll do it quick. Years ago when I was pastoring Cornerstone, it just so happened we were observing the Feast of Tabernacles that week. Just don't worry about it if you don't know what it means, but we were just in meeting every night. I knew it was Friday night, so a lot of people wouldn't be there. You know, you got to go to Walmart. You got to go out to eat, whatever, so you don't want church interfering with that stuff. It's amazing it'd be too cold to come to church, but it's, I, I couldn't even get around town yesterday for people that were. <laughs> people in Michigan and Ohio and Rhode Island laugh at us. Drop down in the 30s and 20s, and we like, oh, God, we're about to die down here. God help us. But it's just one of those times where I was seeking God for, you know, the service. Like, God, I'm here for you like I always do, like I did today. I'd be glad to be an instrument to show these people how much you love them. Religion has done so much to try to de-supernaturalize God and to make church just about teachings and preachings and try to do better and live better and, amen, go eat chicken, go home deal. <clears throat> God's such a God of miracles, and he loves his kids, and he can't stand to see, a, you know, somebody like that woman bent over. She couldn't even, she couldn't even raise herself up, Jesus says. She couldn't even raise herself up. In other words, what does that mean to me and you? You can't fix yourself. It, it don't matter what you, you cannot save yourself. You cannot fix yourself. You cannot deliver yourself. You, you, you can't do it. I don't, you, you can't do it. It may not be physical, but no matter what it is, you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it, and you don't have to. Jesus said she can't even raise herself up, and his heart was so much for her, and he said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And here comes religion. Oh, you broke one of our rules. Listen, this life, the journey that you and I are on, as being born again, being saved, whatever the terminology, it's not about rules and regulations. 
Now, if you work at these places, please don't take offense with me, but I'm just trying to use an example. But it's just, I could be wrong. But I've, walked, I've never been in a D, uh, DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles, where, you know, where you go get your driver's license renewed or get them. I've never walked in there and just felt, you know, the, the love. I mean, I always feel like I'm intruding. On, I'm talking about on employees. They're all always seeming to me, my experience, they're in a bad mood before you got there. And they don't seem happy with their jobs. And, and they're a little, because they got a little badge and all, and they feel, they're a little rough with you. Stand over here, fill this out, sign here. I'm like, man, y'all need some deliverance up in here. If I hated my job that bad, I wouldn't even, I'd change jobs. But why is that? That's a common thing. You go, you know, you go to these places like, why? Because that place is governed by rules. You break the rules, you don't get the license. You didn't bring the right document. You didn't get it notarized. It's all about rules and regulation. And I get that. I I'm not saying we don't need rules. I'm just saying that that's, that's but you, I've gone into some churches that felt the same way. And you probably have too. You know what's holding those people together? Rules and regulations. It'd be like this, like I've seen in my life. I've seen where somebody, I've only had this happen a few times in my life, but I've seen like where a person showed up at our church and they were, they were intoxicated or high or, or whatever when they came to church. I, I remember seeing a guy, he was so, you know, drunk that he could barely make it to the altar. But people realized you could smell him a mile off, but people just, you know, surrounded this guy and was loving on him and, brother, it don't matter and, they was doing all that stuff, and I, that was beautiful. That was great. It's called grace. Come just as you are, right? But that guy, let's say, that guy got saved. He did get saved. Now, it's amazing that, that when that guy gave his life to the Lord or whatever you want, you know, all these expressions that we have, he didn't have a life to give God, but when he received the life of God, it's called being born again, he didn't immediately uh, straighten out his blood alcohol levels you know what I mean by that just like when you get you know you got born again you got saved you didn't you didn't go down three dress sizes wouldn't that be great if that was if you needed that or wanted it I mean you know but you didn't when you got out from the altar your britches didn't fall off you still was the same size right in other words nothing changed in your body and you still have your same mind you can remember things and you can remember things you wish you couldn't remember but you're still born again, and what happened is your spirit that was dead now is alive unto God. And so everybody's all on that guy, and they're loving that guy, and it's the grace of God, and we love your brother, and you came to the right place, and we're glad you're here, and it don't matter if you're drunk, and God loves you. And all that's called grace, and that's all right, and that's all wonderful. But that guy just didn't quit drinking. He kept struggling. Now, when he came back to church the next time, and he was... You could smell it on him, and he was still drinking. He didn't get no grace in. Because now he ain't doing right. He ain't living right. He's still sinning. He's still drinking. Then here comes the litany of religion. Well, he must didn't get really saved. Or what? All that's just lies. Grace is for the sinner. Yes, we are saved by grace through what? Faith. But grace is also for the Christian. Can I remind us that grace is for the Christian? It's for the Christian. It's for you. And what that don't mean that preachers like me get accused of is now that you've got this grace, it's greasy grace, and you can go sin all willy-nilly and it doesn't matter. That's a spirit of stupid on the people that make those kind of comments. I told you before that would be like me saying, Okay, because see, when you when you're when you enter into the life of God, when you're when you're saved, you're doing that because there was a covenant made. It's a blood covenant. It's an eternal covenant, and God didn't make a covenant with nobody here on uh, with us, with no human. When God made a covenant, He made it with Himself. It's between, if you want to help your imagery, it's between Jesus and God. God cut the covenant between himself 
That's why it says in, in, in Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians that, that God was in Christ reconciling the sin of the world unto himself, not imputing men's trespasses against them. That means he doesn't keep a record of it. Not counting, remembering their sins no more. That's not what religion tells us. They tells us that God's convicting you of your sin, reminding you of your sin, talking. None of that's true. It's not in the Bible, not in the New Covenant. Old Covenant prophets and all would remind people of their sin. How you know you're in a New Testament church is they remind you of what Jesus has done. The cross accomplished. So, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. I remember that evening I was praying for that service on that Friday night. God, what do you, you know, I, I just always kind of say, what, you know, God, I'm here for you. What is, and, and, and this, was, this was one of those strange events. And, I, and, and in my heart, I felt the Lord say to me that there'll be someone in the service tonight with a little finger that I, I want you to pray for healing. I'm telling you, little finger, you know. So I only, you know, that's two out of ten. So the odds are not for me to be. be. And and I listen, whether you know it or not, when I come up here and I say stuff like that, there's risk involved. And I've seen God come through so many times. And 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 you may you may be here now or whatever. Just you know, some weeks ago, one you know, uh, during the worship service, and I think somebody maybe Crawford or somebody called all the, I think all the mamas or something came up or something. Women, I don't remember. Remember the, all the women came up, and, but while they were being ministered and prayed over, you know, as uh, in a, as a whole, remember the Lord spoke to me a name, and uh, I don't remember. If it wasn't. I remember the name. It was Star or something like that. I remember some name like that. Some, you remember what it was? Uh, I can't. Who? Was it Star? Yeah. So I mentioned that, and and nobody came up. Now she did come up, and you might be here, so I'm not mad at you if you're the lady. So I'm just trying to make a point. But as soon as the service was over, she came up and said, because I actually I, I said you know like a niece or it was here. And so I still prayed, but it just don't sometimes feel like it has the punch that it could have had in that moment. I don't know how many times I've said things like that, and the people meet me at my truck, say, Pastor, I didn't want to come. I was that person. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> you really made me look anointed today. Thanks for that. So there's always risk involved. Some people, you know, years ago, I've, I make a statement, I don't own it not copyright or anything, but how do you spell faith? It's, you, fail, you spell faith R-I-S-K, risk. No risk, no faith. And what I mean by that is just reaching out, stepping out in what God's accomplished for us. Like the song was saying, you got you know, open up your mouth. <clears throat> and so it's risk. And, uh, and, I, and there's times I struggle with that. Um, just, you know, but I, I felt like God said, little finger. And in and, and all my ministry, I never prayed that I ever even knew for anybody's little finger. And then right on the heels of that, and then he said, I also want to heal bones, particularly where there's screws and plates involved, screws in people's bones. That's pretty specific. So I go to church that Friday night, and as I feared, there wasn't all that many of us there on Friday night. We'd been meeting every night. We went on with the service, and when it came my time, I said, I believe that the Lord has spoken to me today about two different kind of deals he wants to go, you know, wants. Now, when God does something like that, he's not saying that's the only thing I care about doing tonight. God's not saying, well, I can do two, maybe, I don't know, three maybe, but that's after that, now I'm done. God's not like that. My goal is if I can get you to believe in him. I don't mean by manipulation. I'm just telling you, because every testimony I give is a, is, a, is a declaration. I told you that the Revelation 19 says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So every time I tell one of these stories, these testimonies, I'm prophesying to you right here and you on Facebook that God 
wants to do that again. And what God wanted to do this morning and what God wants to do right now is to say to anybody in here, woman, man, you are loose from your infirmity. You're loose from it. Satan's behind it. I don't care if it's in 18 years, 13 years, 38 years. It doesn't matter. God wants you loose from it. I go to service, and so as a, just a human, first thing God talked to me about was little finger. And so I said, I'm going to go for that. So I had all the people come down front, and, uh, and so then I have to step out on that limb because if I call this out and nobody responds, everybody's going to go, oh, man, he was doing so good. Why don't he just preach and not try this stuff? You know, it's safer. It is. It is safer. Because sometimes you'll look very foolish. Like you, you look like, you know, a woman who's not even married and never had relations, and then you go around and tell everybody you're pregnant and God's the daddy. Eh, that's not going to help you at the social club. Sister Mary, are you with me? And God never tried to back it up. Why didn't God send Gabriel, you know, when she was at the market shopping and where like 50 people could have saw it and heard it? But God just comes to her little house and does it privately. Not even, not even her husband got to see the first visitation by Gabriel. And remember, he didn't believe it either, and he's packing up to leave her, divorce her. And God has to send Gabriel privately to him and give him the same vision or same word. So I called that out, woman. I said, anybody here with a little finger? That's pretty specific. Woman raised her hand. She was right, I remember. right there. I, I still remember who the woman was. And I said, so you're hurting in your little finger? And she said, yes. And I said, how long have you been hurting? And I, she said, like 30 days. She said, it's not debilitating or anything it's just aggravating and I said well let's let's believe Lord here and I just remember took my, between you know, my, my little thumb and index finger and I just grabbed hold of her little finger gently people are hurting okay and just uh, prayed for her and I, then when I prayed didn't, you know, I didn't feel lightning bolts or nothing and I asked her I said you still hurting and she said yeah because this woman, she would be honest with me. So I said, well, let's pray again. You know it's okay to pray again, right? Jesus did it. Jesus healed a guy, prayed for a guy's eyes to be healed, opened up blind man. And when Jesus got through praying, Jesus said to the guy, how do you see? He said, I see men as trees. Jesus said, let's pray again. Because men are not trees. You need to see men as men. So if Jesus prayed a second time, don't you freak out if you're going to need to pray a second time. Okay? Don't take unvictory for victory. Don't learn to live with it. Don't put up with it. It's your covenant right, daughter of Abraham. Daughter of Abraham. This is not daughter of Moses, the lawgiver. He said she's a daughter of Abraham. Why? Because we are all the seed of Abraham, the Bible says. We are the seed of Abraham. Right? Now, so I prayed for her a second time, and I said, what about now? Is your pain gone? Now, the pain's not the only indicator, but it, I said, is the pain gone? She said, yes. I said, well, praise God. I said, then there's also, so I want to pray for anybody that's got bone problem with screws, screws and plates and stuff like that. I said, anybody has that that matches that and you want prayer for that, you come forward. I think it was like five or six people that came forward. I was pretty surprised on that Friday night that many people came that said they had something wrong. That didn't mean they all had plates and screws. That just meant they all wanted something healing with their bones. They came forward. I prayed a general prayer. Didn't feel rockets, bombs, or firecrackers go off, and, 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 and that was the end of the service. That service, what I didn't know was happening was there was a lady standing there with her husband, and when I said that about plates and screws, he elbowed her and said, he's talking about you go down there. But this woman was real. She is always has been very shy, and I've known them for many years. Um, at that time, of course, was their pastor, members of my church, and I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know the woman had any plates or screws, and she didn't come down front no way. So I, she wasn't even on my radar. I just prayed for the people to come down front. But she, when her husband elbowed her and said, "He's talking about you. You need to get down there," she said, "The Lord can heal me right here." 
Now, they, they the ones told me the testimony, but she, she said to him, you know, he elbowed her, said, he's talking about you go down there. She said, the Lord can heal me right here. She said when she said that, she felt tingling and heat in her ankle. Now, what had happened is many years before, uh, six, eight years prior to, she fell, she broke her ankle severely, had to have surgery. They, they put plates with eight titanium screws in her ankle. She lost plantar flexion ability to do, to do her foot like this. So her foot just stayed like this. She could walk on it, but when you come upstairs, she had to be particular which foot because her ankle don't bend any longer this way. Plantar flexion, you with me? Don't bend. It's fused together, it's screwed together to be held together, and it hurt her often. It would often, she said, make her feet swell due to it. She had actually had knee replacement, if I remember the replacement. She had had knee replacement a month, few months prior to, to this service. So she was under orthopedic care, right? This was her last appointment for the orthopedic guy that did her knee replacement or whatever to say we done, hallelujah, and all that. So she said while she was in there talking to him on the last appointment, she asked the orthopedic surgeon, she said, could you take the plates and screws out of my ankle now? It's been six years, eight years, whatever. And would that help my feet from swelling and maybe hurting every so often, uh, particularly when it's cold? And he said, I can take them out. Yeah, and your bones are fused back together. But he said, you're not going to get the movement. And he said, I can't guarantee your ankle still ain't going to swell. And he said, it just wouldn't be worth the pain. There's no, you wouldn't do anything. You're still not going to be able to do, move. She said, well, I was just wondering. That had happened just a few days before that night. And when I called that out and, and she made that statement, the Lord can heal me right here. That's, you know what that is? That's if I press through the crowd and touch him as garment, I know I'll be made whole. That's that kind of a deal. They go home, and I remember she didn't even say to her husband, she said, I'm healed. I believe the Lord healed me. She didn't say none of that. She didn't tell him his, her foot was a tingling, and she felt heat. She didn't tell him any of that. Their story is, this is their, their story. I'm just repeating their story. It's when they got home. She told her husband, go on in, I'm going to pet the, the cats a minute or something, one of the animals. And so he said, all right. And he said, so I'm going to go in, put us on some coffee, because he was a big believer in drinking coffee all the time. He said, that's just a myth that keeps you up at night, and people just don't know what you're talking about. That's what he told me. So he went in to put on a pot of coffee, and, and he come out in a little bit, and he called her by name. He said, what are you doing? Get in the house. And she said, watch this. And she walked up their steps the way that she hadn't been able to walk up because she used her foot because now she's got plantar flexion in her foot again and she can move her foot because God healed her totally of that bone problem and just totally healed her. Now, that's a miracle. And I didn't, I didn't even know God. All, all I did was by faith call out what I felt the Lord say. And the Lord healed. The, I mean, she was healed. By her faith touching him, she, he was healed. I want you to understand it's not that God decided and put a circle around her face that I want to heal her today. Am I making any sense to you? The woman with the issue of blood, was he didn't put a circle. Jesus didn't know she was coming, but she got healed. So your healing is not contingent on God, you know, your day or none of that. It's, the only thing that, you, that you're waiting on to be loosed of your infirmity is faith in him. It's just to believe in him. Not believe that it exists, but stop trying to earn anything from God, especially when it comes to uh, grace and healing and all that's great. Just, just receive it. It doesn't mean that you're going to always feel everything. You may not feel tingling and heat. That's pretty cool, though, when that happens. I like it when that happens because it sure means better than nothing. So next morning, 8 o'clock, this guy calls. Long story short, he told me this whole testimony that I've been telling you. He said, when I, when we, I, he said, when I realized that she was healed, he said, we stayed up most all the night. He said, we were laughing, we were crying, we were praising. He said, we just couldn't sleep. Isn't that so great that God would just wreck your sleep that night because you're so excited about what he did that you can't even sleep. 
and he called me and told me, and he said, I remember his words. He, was, he acted like, though he's, he was my mom, uh, the dad's age, he acted like a kid, you know, that had gotten something for Christmas. And he, I remember he said these words. He said, Brother Dale, you know, you just don't see this, but you see it, but you just don't see it. And he kept saying like that, but you don't see it, but you see it, but you just don't see it. I was like, hallelujah, amen, whatever. That was so, and I've given that testimony numerous times over my life, and I've seen God heal so many times, and I'm giving it for you, that God wants to do that. It, what, it doesn't matter what you infirm. It don't have to be cancer. It don't have to, I mean, God cares that your bones hurt, okay? He, he cares about all that stuff, and I've seen him do that stuff over and over, and I told you how just to use that word, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. I told you the story when I was preaching over out from, um, uh, Alma, Georgia. I was preaching at a church, not, and I remember the church. And I was preaching, at, and I was actually at a Pentecostal church preaching. That's pretty cool, right? So I'm preaching at this Pentecostal church, running revival for this this preacher. And I told you I looked out there, and I went I went out the pulpit to to open you know, open scriptures and start preaching. And the Lord just drew my. It's hard for me to put words on how this stuff kind of works sometimes, but it just drew my attention, like I just like it illuminated. And I knew that God was drawing my attention to this woman. And when I feel that so strong and, and that I know God's got something special or he just, anyway, he draws my attention to that woman. It's like the Apostle Paul, he looked at the guy in, in the book of Acts and he said he perceived that the man had faith to be healed. And, and, and so uh, just like the other day, you know, three weeks ago now when, when our precious sister from, from all those years of depression, and you, and you remember, you know, God assured me that that's what her problem was when she was down here in, in what was it, 25 years of depression, uh, Crystal. It was the first day she'd ever been here, first time she'd been in the service here. And she came, and, and, and God delivered her of that depression. But if you remember, when I, when she, when I gave the altar call and said for y'all to come, she was, she was rolled out. And on her way down here, I, I, all I knew was I said, today, God's got something special. Today's your day. I, could just, I knew it. I didn't know. I didn't know it was depression at that moment. But then, when I got close enough to put my hand on her, then God said depression, and I just, with confidence, not arrogance, but with confidence, depression leaves you now. Because God don't play games like that. And I was, I, I, I was in this Pentecostal church, and I looked out and saw this woman, and she was sitting on the end of the pew right by herself, probably in her thirties, forties, maybe. And I just looked at her, and she had nobody around her. And I said, and I felt like God said, pray for that woman. Right now, don't preach, pray. And I pointed to her, and she was on this side. And I said, woman, can I, uh, would you mind, uh, if I, could I pray with you? And she was real, you could tell she kind of shy, you know. She did like that. And so she, I said, you come down front. So here she comes. And she come down, and I stepped down in front of her. And, and the only word that came to me, I, I never seen a woman, does is infirmity, this word. That's why I'm telling it. this word, infirmity. And I knew that could mean weakness, that could mean sickness, and I just didn't feel like I had to figure it all out. And all this, I just looked at the woman, I said, the Lord has impressed me that you have an infirmity. And I said, I want to pray for your healing. And she just nodded. She wasn't helping me none. She just stand there, laid hands on her, and I just declared her healed in Jesus' name of whatever the infirmity was. She didn't fall down on the floor, which is cool if it happens, you know, whatever. I don't ever shove no, I ain't finna shove you nowhere. I don't, I don't give courtesy falls, you know what I mean? Sometimes you go to these services like that, and people, everybody's got to fall, or the, or the man of God ain't known, so he'll just push you down. We don't play no games like that around here, you know? Uh, if you fall, that's pretty cool. I mean, you don't have to be a Christian to fall down on the power of God. Right? Where's that at in the Bible? Well, all the soldiers that came to arrest Jesus in the garden, they said, are you, he, the Christ? We, Jesus just said, I am. And when he said, I am, the Bible said they all fell backwards. That's a powerful service, wasn't it? And they was all lost as a goose, and they were coming to arrest Jesus to get him crucified. And Jesus just said, I am, and they all fell down. You don't have to hit them with a coat. No offense to Benny Hinn. You don't have to do any of that. If they fall, they fall. It's 
what, what causes that? What? Power of God. Power of God. It's pretty cool if you, you never had it happen to you. And I've seen people fall just because they thought that they would look cool or anointed if they fell. They always want to make sure we've got a catcher though first, okay. <laughs> I mean, my little wife was, I was a paramedic working 24-148 off back when we first married. She's a background as a Baptist girl. She wasn't used to all this wild, charismatic, Pentecostal slash hootenannies, you know. Although she did go when they lived in uh, Silver, North Carolina, the foot of the Smokies, they did go to a shouting, they said, Baptist church. But it was up in the mountains, so they allowed Baptists in the mountains to shout. So she had seen some shouting. She got in a, serve, in a line. In those days, they'd have prayer lines with the line of people down the center and and then man the God's praying for each one of them as they come forward. I was working in Tifton, so I wasn't there. The only reason I wasn't there. And she went to revival, you know. And when she stood forward, this man, God, he's laying hands on everybody. He, you know, he's doing all that. He's laying hands. And that's cool, you know, just don't knock them down. You don't have to push them. They don't have to rock them back to, oh, there it is. Oh, you got, oh. You know, we, don't, we don't do none of that. But my little timid wife, Got in that prayer line because they said everybody get in it. So she got in it. And when she walked up to him, this is her testimony. You mind if I give your testimony or do you want to do it? Okay. Uh, <laughs> she don't want this mic. I promise you that. Uh, but so the man of God looked at her and he said, uh, Sister, clap your hands three times. Am I telling the truth? He said, clap your hands three times. Why would a preacher tell you to clap your hands three times? That's, quit trying to figure everything out. Why would Jesus spit in the guy? Like, I, I like to get my eye healed. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> I could do that and quote Bible for it. Anybody need your eyes prayed for? Come on up. <laughs> Got to work up a little saliva here. I'm going to do it like Jesus did it. All right? Jesus he just wasn't trying to get people on for me. So my wife, she clapped her hands. I remember because she called me as soon as the service over tonight because she was so, she got, she got zapped by God. She don't remember the third clap. Is that right? She clapped twice. I guess she probably went for the third one, but God, the power of God just put, first time she'd ever been in the floor, put her, on, put her in the floor. And she wasn't scared and she wasn't bruised. And as soon as she got home, she called up down the service and told me what happened. She was so fired up. I'm like, doggone, man. I miss that. <laughs> I wish I could have seen it. And what is, what is that? It's just an encounter with God. Just an encounter with God. I remember when we didn't know nothing about nothing, and my parents didn't even go to church, and we, the lady across the street hauled us to church, and I was 12, my brother was 10. But I remember I got born again at 12 years of age, and, and during those, those, that season, those, those, those first, that year, I was still 12, Two different times in the services on a 12-year-old that can't even spell John 3.16, the power of God came so mightily on me, and, I, and, and I, nobody was praying. No, it was in the pews, untouched by man, and was just, I can't even, see, I'm stuttering. I don't even know what to tell you because you probably wouldn't jive with it no way. But... All I'm saying is I had two encounters with God sitting on a church pew with nobody messing with me where God transported me out. In other words, I had no recollection of what was going on around me other than God's presence. And when I was 12 and didn't even, couldn't even know nothing about nothing, I knew the reality of tasting of the Lord and seeing that he's good. And, and I don't know why that happened other than God just wanted to zap me a couple of times. But I've never, from that point, I've ne not that I had to have that, but I've never doubted God. That he's not, I mean, it's just, God's a God that you can feel. He don't train you on feeling, but he's a God that you can feel. And so, uh, I said, woman, I feel like God said you got an infirmity. And I prayed for her. She went back to her seat. I told you, you heard me, if you've heard this story, a few weeks later, I didn't have no, I didn't ask the woman nothing. Didn't talk to him after service, didn't know. And I went on and preached or whatever. A few weeks later, I get a call from a, a Methodist pastor. He 
introduced yourself and said, I'm the pastor of Blah Blah Methodist Church, uh, and I'd like for you to come run us a revival. I had never had a Methodist call me and want me to run them a revival. It was a congregational Methodist, so it wasn't a United Methodist, but still Methodist. So I felt like while I was on the phone, the Lord said, go. And I said, well, I'll go. And I told him the week that I could be there. And he said, I want you to start, and let's go Sunday night through Friday if you'll do that for us. I said, yes, sir. And I didn't ask the guy, how you know me, where'd you get my number, how you know my name, or anything. And I go to the service first night, sitting on the few, you know, down front. I, actually, the pastor had to walk over and introduce himself to me. I, never, I didn't know him. Never heard of him. I never been to his church. Didn't know nothing about nothing other than he wanted me to go, and I got the address, and I went. When the choir got through and it came special singing time, girl got on the piano. She gave a little testimony. She said, I'm going to sing this song and all. She said, before I do, I want to give a little word of testimony. She said, y'all all know this here. And she said, Brother Young's here tonight. And she said, I was over at XYZ Church some weeks ago, and I just, he called me out, and he prayed for me. And what she said was that she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer. She had tumors, and they were going to take her to surgery. And so when that diagnosis came to her, she, 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 wanted, she wanted God to intervene in that. And that's why the little Methodist girl went to a Pentecostal church by herself because she's trying to, she ain't trying to earn nothing, but she's hungry for God to, to heal her. Are you with me? And she, she wasn't no Pentecostal at all, but she was sitting out there. See, I know these people that sneak in and they, or they watching, you watching me, but you won't admit that you watching me, but you watching me. <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, when I prayed for her that night, she said the next day was the surgery. They took her in there, prepped her, and done whatever. She, there was no, there was no lumps, no, no cancer, no tumors. Everything that they had previously seen and diagnosed was instantly gone because God had healed her. <laughs> Woman, thou art loosed from your infirmity. And then when she gave that testimony, it didn't hit me until I'm sitting there listening to one because I'm, I'm terrible with trying to figure out who everybody is. And and. Uh, I mean, the other night, well, Friday night, we were eating in a restaurant, and the, and the guy walked in and shook a hand. I had, had some of my grandbabies there, and uh, Jill and Jeannie and all. And, and uh, this guy shook my hand, and I, he said, good to see you again. I said, good to see you. And when he walked off, I said, I don't have a clue who that was. And then my grandson, uh, Aiden, said, Pop, you do that all the time. He said, you don't never know who people are. <laughs> he said, people are always shaking your hand, and, and you always ask me, me, who was that? And that's the reality right there. That's me. I didn't have a clue who it was, but once she explained to me who it was, oh, yeah, okay. I don't know who these people are. God healed that woman. She went back to her home church. She told her pastor. She told her people. They didn't care what my credentials said. They just wanted, because they knew that she got healed. They knew it wasn't no fake. They knew she was totally healed. They were concerned about her. She was a member of their church, and they were all fired up, and they couldn't wait till I got there. And I'm telling you, in that Methodist church all that week, and I won't go through all of it, but we had a major move of God in that, in that church. It was just awesome. And, and, and it, it all started with a healing miracle. But you say, well, what if that girl didn't, you know, that lady didn't move out that night and go to that Pentecostal? I, I don't know what the answer I know God wants some healing. He wants everybody healed. He wants you delivered and set free. Okay? So that being said, testimony. Woman, man, thou art loosed from your infirmity. 18 years makes no difference. Doesn't matter. God wants you healed. Do you believe that? I want you to stand with me. And this is what I want to do. You got any problem going on in your bones. I ain't, I'm going to pray for other stuff, something else, because I give testimony of Breast cancer just got healed, didn't it? But if you got something with your bones, particularly your ankles, I want you to come up here. I want you to come stand across the front. I'm not going to bother you, but if there's any kind of, you having any trouble with your bones, let's go for that first. Let's go for it. God is the God that replicates and duplicates miracles. It seemed like the whole thing was set up for this today. And I just decided to cooperate with what God's got on his heart instead of what's on my iPad.
listen, it don't make a hill of beans whether you feel heat tingle or not or you don't feel something or if you feel like your foot's on fire. It, it doesn't matter. That's got no contingency on your healing. Okay? Now, I've told you by the word of God, and I've given testimony to the truth, that God's heart for you ought not this woman or this man be healed from the infirmity. It don't matter what it is. Okay? Now, everybody in this altar area, you're here for bones, something with bones. How many of you are for ankles? Your ankles? Anything with your ankles? One, two, anybody else? All right? It doesn't matter. I just want to three. All right, three for ankles. And uh, anybody got plates or screws or anything like that going on? You do. Plates or screws. Okay. Two. Okay. Huh? Oh, it still bothers you. Okay. That's cool. Uh, not that it bothers you, but that God's fixing to knock it out of here like a. Okay. Whew, man, I really feel God's heart for you uh, so much. And don't try to figure out nothing. You can't earn nothing. If you was the biggest sinner in Lowndes County, God still heal you. Okay? If you think you pretty good saint, God still heal you in spite of that. Okay? He loves you. His heart for you is just like that woman. And God says his heart is ought not this woman be delivered. I'm trying to get you to see that's God's heart for you. I don't it don't matter if it's been eighteen years. I feel like some people's trying to just learn to live with it. You, you don't have to live with it. Does anybody have any kind of uh, uh, cancer diagnosis? I don't care if uh, any kind of cancer situation. I want you to come stand behind these people. Cancer, anything with cancer. We're going to be very specific, and then we'll pray for anything else you want to pray for. Anybody with cancer, we bless you for coming. Anybody else? God hates it. He hates anything that would try to hurt you. He loves you. Amen. Okay, now how many's got just you just gonna say an infirmity that you're dealing with? There's something else going on in your body that you sure want to get that thing gone. Come stand behind these people. Come up here. Come on. I'm I'm not gonna lay hands personally on each people if, unless the Lord tells me to. I don't have to. I'm just want woman issue of blood. If you could really get that story, you, you hear me now? Do you believe what I'm telling you? All right, now listen to me. The woman with the issue of blood. She what? Jesus didn't know she was coming. Now, Jesus knows you was coming now because he's in heaven. He knows everything. He back full of Emmanuel. You see what I'm saying? But when he walked to earth, he didn't. He, he said several times he didn't know. When he was 12, he grew in wisdom. If you're God and you know everything, you can't grow in wisdom. God can't get any smarter. God's not going to be smarter tomorrow than he is today. Right? He's not. I'm trying to get you to see that. They asked Jesus one time, "What's the, you know, when is the end of the of the world?" Jesus said, "Nobody knows that, not even the Son, only the Father." In the Scriptures, He admitted, "I don't know everything," and that's pretty cool to me, because now I don't know everything either. I don't have to, but I can depend upon the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so I'm just going to say those words. No fanfare here. It don't matter what it is. Okay. So just close your eyes for you only got to look at me. Because I'm nothing to look at. Listen, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Man, you are loosed from your infirmity. Shh. You are loosed from your infirmity. Now every hair is on attention on my body. God's heart for you is so strong. Woman, you're loosed. Man, you're loosed from your infirmity. Just say, I receive it, Lord. I receive it right here and right now. Man, God's presence was so strong when I said that. Was that, was it, was your hair on your body standing on the tension? How many did you feel the presence of God as soon as I said that while ago? It, okay, so we, we're not playing games here, right? All right, if you had something going on, try to do something you couldn't do. Just move it. Whatever. Some stuff you know you can't do. Anybody's pain go? Yeah. How many? Your pain, you was in, you're gone? Yours? You was in pain, no pain now? 
Amen. Come on, give God praise. Jesus' name, and I thank you for intervening this moment in her life in a most powerful way. I praise you for it. Just receive everything God has for you right now by faith. Just no earning, no, no nothing of that. Just receive it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for giving her peace. You just feel like your insides have been jumbled and jambled up. and I just, I'm so thankful for that peace right now. God's heard you cry out for peace, just to have peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sister, I don't, I don't know. Have you been here before? You probably have. Don't get mad at me for asking you. Huh? You, you've come before when? That was your first time last week? Yeah. So this is your second time ever being at Grace Point, right? Is there going to be a third time? No, I'm just teaching. Oh. Uh, I cut up last sometimes, too. But I just—it's just such a special time for you in your life, and you've got such a testimony. I don't know nothing about you. Didn't know if I'd ever even seen you before, and your past and all that stuff. And the enemy's done everything he could just take you off the planet, and things, hard things in life, addictive things. Yeah, wasn't that? No more. No more. You believe that? Amen. Yeah, you're, you're a mom. You're a mom. God says you're a mom. You got kids. How many you got? Yeah. Don't worry about all that either. God's restoring. You're a mom, and you're going to be that mom that God's called you. And you're going to be able to be around your kids. You're going to be able to be with your kids. See, the enemy's trying to cut, divide, and separate all that. Just take them from you. Am I true? Yeah. How would I know that? Only God. How would I know that? It's your second time ever being here. God's going to restore that deal with your kids and all. You're going to get to be the mom you want to be. Okay? Amen. You, you receive that? Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So you don't have to fight and strive and you watch God's favor move upon people in authority and change things for you in that area, okay? You believe that? And when that happens, 
I want you to tell us. Let me know. Because see, you always just have just a little word or a little piece of the puzzle. You got the whole thing. And I just, I love to hear what God's doing. But I'm telling you, God's hearts, this is, this, it, you're like that other lady. This was, this, God wanted you to, to know those things, how much he loves you, how much he cares for you. And he knows what's going on in your family and all that stuff. And you are free from your past. <laughs> Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. You are loose from your weakness. No more addictions, none of that stuff, no more. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Jill, just my wife, come just put your hand on her and hug her. God's already done it, but yeah. Come on, praise the Lord, church. He, he really is a God of miracles, man. <laughs> he really is. Whew. I can't wait to hear you guys give testimony. And I'm pretty easy to get to. Let Johan know me. You can email us. You know, a lot of ways through all our web stuff. You can, you can get to us and tell us, man. We love to hear what God's doing, what God's done in your life. And I'm so excited for you, darling. I'm just excited. I, I just, you know, God's. Sometimes God, you know, just let us know a little, a little bit, just to try to make your faith be so strong in Him. That's all it's for. And uh, I just think that's pretty cool way God does stuff to try to just help you to have faith in him. And he cares just like that. This woman, you're loose from your infirmity. She couldn't even lift herself up 18 years. And I love, I just, I just could, it just hit me during the worship. Ought not this woman who is a daughter of Abraham be delivered from her infirmity, which she's had these 18 years. Isn't that so? That's the that's the heart of God. Amen. For every one of you. So God, I thank you for healing uh, your people. Thank you for touching them wherever they needed the healing this morning. Thank you for it. And I so praise you for it, Father. Father, we we're just so blessed by you. We're so loved by you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just making sure I don't want to get all religious and rush on here. If the Lord wants me to do anything else, I'm just trying to say I'm here for you, Lord. Thank you for loving your people, demonstrating your love for them. God sees you. He knows what you're going through. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. I tell you today, if not just an emotional deal, but today, if there ever been a day that walls came down during that last song, they've, they've come down today. And I don't know what the fruit of that's going to look like, but I'm telling you, God's really moved powerfully in here today. And I really pray you will help me because we're trying to help people. That's the only reason that we're here. Invite somebody. If people could just experience the love of God that's in Christ without religious hindrances in the way, just Jesus. Because there's nothing we got to offer you other than Jesus. But I'm asking you, if you believe like today, this, and I'm so thankful for you being here, but man, invite somebody. Text them. You ain't got, if you're scared to go face to face, just tweet them or whatever you want to do. Just send them something and just... Say, man, I would really, and I know some of you have done that. For some reason, I had to be on Amazon a couple of days ago checking on something, but it was involving my book that's on sale out there. And, of course, you know, and I try not to read much of that because I don't really care, but, you know, on Amazon, on their, you know, the book, you know, Amazon.com, uh, <laughs> I saw where one guy, he wrote a long thing, man. Never heard this dude. I don't even know what country he's from. But he just, you know, just wrote stupid stuff. Which made me write what he, I was reading it, you know, and like, you ain't even read my book. There's no way you could write this if you'd actually read my book. You couldn't even read the book. Some people just see the title and they just go, you know, there's people out there like that. And then, but I just said, you know, and he had the longest comment on, on Amazon. So I wish I could go delete it. That's their website. I can't do nothing with it. 
But there were so many comments how the book and what they're talking about with the book, they're talking about God's grace to change your life. And I just said, I'm not going to read this dude's stuff again, trying to figure out where he's trying to figure out. I'm just going to read these other people because these are the people that's my target right here. When people are exposed to the grace of God and they see and, and, and begin to believe how much he loves them and that he hadn't done any of this to them, he wants them delivered from their infirmity, delivered from their weakness, sickness, whatever, whatever it is, he loves you. And I know that's a simple message, but you'd be surprised how many people don't know that right there. And I'm telling you to invite them to this church. Let's fill this building up like it was before COVID hit, March of 2020. Amen? I mean, we've lost people. And I understand sometimes. I ain't talking about all that. I'm just saying let's just reach out, man, to people. Because, man, if we ever needed to be exposed to God's grace, we need it now. Amen? We need it. All right. I love you. God bless you. Go enjoy your day.